Hey guys, I'm Sierra. And I'm Megan. Today we're going to be talking about personality tests. More specifically, we're going to be focusing on the Enneagram personality test. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, I don't know how else you'd say it. <laughs> I don't know either. So there used to be a really popular personality test called the Myers-Briggs test or Myers-Briggs test that used to be like more popular. But this Enneagram test has like become the way more, I don't know the word, like popular mainstream personality test that everyone talks about, I feel like, when they... Wasn't Meyer Briggs one where it's like, I'm an I- IHB72? I don't know, but I think I did that in, like, elementary school or something. Yeah, I feel like it was, like, required in one of our classes. So, we're going to focus on that in this episode. We're going to start off with, neither of us have taken the test yet. I actually did forever ago take, like, the full long version. It took forever. Like, I just did it on my computer, and I didn't even remember what did I got. Did you pay for it? No. So... I've seen, I didn't pay for it when I did it, but I also saw something saying where you had to pay for it, so I don't know where I found it, but I forgot what it was. Sierra, you've never taken? I don't think so. And then, I think for this podcast episode, I found like a five-minute short version, so we're just going to take that, and then, because we don't have time to take the full long yeah. one <laughs> Sorry. right now. Um, maybe we'll do it later, and we can make another episode about this. Probably not. Probably not. So, I guess we're going to start off with our weekly spotlight before we get into all of that. Um, I know what Sierra says. I'm going to start with mine. Um, my highlight was going for the first boat ride of the year because our boat at our grandparents' lake house was, like, not in yet. We'd been there a couple times, but, like, finally having the boat in and, like, doing, like, a little stroll, um, just, like, along the lake is, like, really great, and I enjoyed it, and it was just a good time, so that is my weekly spotlight. My week, my weekly spotlight is going off of last week's, uh, the Jonas Brothers album, Happiness Begins, came out on June 7th. And I've been listening to it like crazy. If I were to like list all of my favorites off of the album, it would be like literally half the album. But I will name a few. I really like Happy When I'm Sad, Trust, Hesitate, Strangers. I think those are the big new ones that I really like. But I like all of them. So. I think it's funny because your weekly spotlight being that this week and then the documentary last week just really makes you look like a Jonas Brothers fan. I know. Fan. I swear I like have never like been she, more of yeah. a fan than... Right now. She, even, like, ten years ago when they were, like, popular still and still a band, Sierra, like, got a shirt with, like, the Jonas Brothers on it, and she was, like, not that big of a Jonas Brothers fan, and so it's just funny because, like, she's definitely more of a fan now, and I think I we might try and go been. to their concert in September. There's not really one that's near us, but we can make the drive. We've got well, a couple different places. When you live in Iowa, typically, there's very few occasions where an artist will actually come to Des Moines, so usually it's, like, you hit... Omaha, or Chicago, or Minneapolis, or maybe Kansas, Kansas City. City. Anywhere but Des Moines, pretty much. But I think we might make the trip. It might be worth it. I've actually only been, my, me and Sierra both have only been to one concert in our life, and it was Jason Derulo. That was a great concert. It was at the Iowa State Fair, so it was nice and close. But I just am not really like that much of a concert person. It also even wasn't though I like them. really a full concert. It was like just the Iowa State Fair stage, yeah. you know? Not the full shebang where they like set everything up. But I think that we might make the trip, so that would be fun. September, just like, I mean, I don't like driving, but what can you do? They're not coming to Des Moines. All right, so getting back to the Enneagram personality test. Sorry about that. Um, Sierra, why don't you talk a little bit about it? Because I think you just did a little more research than I did. And by a little bit of research, she means I went to their webpage and started to look at stuff. So what I figured out is there's nine different personality types, and you have one that is your main personality type, and they say, like, that's the one you have emerging out of childhood. I think it even said that the authors of the Enneagram test think that you're, like, born with that personality type. Which Do you I want guess me to read the nine of them? Sure. 
Alright, so there's nine total. Here's what they are. The reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. And if I you want read to... read peacemaker. <laughs> the pacemaker. Um, so if you guys want to look up the more specific characteristics of each of these types, then you can do that on your own. But based off of the characteristics, Megan and I, I think, both think that we are ones, which is a reformer, right? I don't know. I've hardly looked at this. Okay. I think that when we talked about it a couple of days ago, we were definitely thinking we'd be the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I'd I can be read it off. So a one or a reformer is one who is principal. Oh my gosh, that's not a word. One who is principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. And then in addition to those nine basic types, you also get classified based on a wing. So that still is going to be like the nine basic types, but like it's kind of like your second personality or in addition to your primary personality, it's like your wing also gives more insight or maybe contradicts different parts of your main personality. I think that is just to account for, like, you're not the same personality 100% of the time. You fluctuate based off of, like, different circumstances. So, if you guys follow us on Instagram, you also saw that I asked on our story if any of you guys have taken the Enneagram test, and if so, did you guys think it was accurate? What do you use it for? Do you think that there's a purpose for it? So, I'm going to kind of look at the different responses that you guys have, and that's also something that I'm interested in because once you take this exam or quiz, or what test exam. I am. Sorry, I'm, like, in college mindset. Um, like, what do you do with this information? Because theoretically, like, you're taking it to give yourself some sort of insight, and, like, what do you use that to help benefit? So, a lot of you guys actually did know what it was, and a lot of you guys had actually taken it, so I was kind of surprised. Um, for the most part, I think people were saying it was accurate. There were a couple people that said they didn't think it was accurate, or maybe that their first two major types, I don't know what it's called, I'm already like losing the vocab, but that those were accurate, but maybe their third was not as accurate. Someone was saying that you could also just look at like the definitions of each type, that's what I was and wondering. I was kind of like, that kind of, I think is a more, that's a less objective way to do it, so I don't think it truly, even though I feel like when you're taking the exam, or now you have me saying exam, <laughs> when you're taking the test, I feel like you know what type that matches with, but at the same time, I guess if you're picking one that fits you best, it still is working. But then also, like, you ask people, like, do they think it's accurate? And, like, that requires them to think, like, it agrees with their preconceived notion of, like, what they already thought they'd be, you know? Yeah. Like, if it was, like, if it gave me an answer other than reformer, I would say that's not accurate. Yeah, I guess I didn't think of it like that. What if you're, like, unconsciously not what you think you are, (laughs) but then it's, like, you're this because that's what the test said, but then you're, like, well, I'm definitely not. So... Would you trust the test, or would you trust what you already think of yourself? I feel like I'd trust myself. Because that's like some other person also said that the point of the test is to objectively look at your personality and like kind of get like I feel like I'm a pretty um, objective person, <laughs> a third person view of your personality. And a lot of people, again, were mostly saying that the point of the test is to make yourself more self-aware, know different parts of your personality, and especially. Um, a lot of it has to do with communication with other people and being able to improve how you communicate with other people. If you want to kind of go off of that, I'm going to go back to the article that I found when I was researching because there was something I wanted to point out. Okay, so some people are saying, or this article is saying that you could use the Enneagram test for businesses because they can help um, determine which employees will get along, be the most productive, and have like better communication. 
So I thought that was an interesting application for the Enneagram test, but, like, do people really... But then also, like, you can't act like you're never going to have to interact with any other type of person. I'm just saying that's what the article like, said I suppose for workforce for, Yeah, like, productivity. work productivity, if you don't want it to cause issues, I guess that's fine, but... But at the same time, you can't just, like, like a lot. discriminate against people's, like, personalities. Personality, workplace thing. discrimination. Um, requirements for applying it to this job, you have to be a five-wing... Mm. Five Six. I don't you know. know if that's we're, a thing. we're really not looking for any threes right now. So <laughs> that'd be so funny. Like you're like you fit every qualification of a job. It's like your dream job, but you don't have like the personality that they want. Ouch. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before we take the really quick Enneagram test or No, I think we can just go ahead and do it. We'll see you guys in a second. Hear you guys, listen to you, whatever. Okay, we are back. 36 questions later, we finished the short version of the test. We also just found out that this version of the test only gives you your three strongest types and it doesn't tell you what your top type is because that's what they want you to take the longer version for. Mm -hmm. um, so we haven't told each other what our top three types are. How fun so we're about to we find out if we match. So the first one it shows me is a five. I'm not, I don't have type five at all. Wow. What's type five? Um, the investigator says, Investiga investigators have a need for knowledge and are introverted, curious, analytical, and insightful. Okay, so one of my top three is type one, the reformer. Okay, I have That was the one, one we predicted being our strongest one. Obviously, we won't know that because we only took the short version. But the reformer says, reformers are realistic, conscientious, and principled. They strive to live up to their high ideals. Um, we'll get into other stuff after we finish going through our top three types. Okay, and then my last one is type six, the loyalist. I also had it type six. So loyalists are responsible, trustworthy, and value loyalty to family, friends, groups, and causes. Their personalities range broadly from reserved and timid to outspoken and confrontative. Okay, my last one is type three, the achiever. Achievers are energetic, optimistic, self-assured, and goal-oriented. So I think we should start, should start with where we are different so when you have the type five and type three I want you to read the type five again and I kind of want to see maybe if you know since we got assigned different things do we think that makes sense in terms of our personalities or how we think of each other yeah okay all right so go ahead and read off what type five was again so type five is the investigator again it says we have a need for knowledge we're introverted curious analytical and insightful so right off the bat I would overall agree with that I think but do you think I've it's said, like is that describe you more than me or do you think we're still pretty much the same or can you see where maybe I mean I feel like that's pretty much the same I don't know I feel like because this is introverted I feel like we're I think we're both introverted like probably to the same level yeah I think so and then what know. else does it say knowledge like need for knowledge uh yeah it's hard to like read these characteristics and be like yes like one of us is more than the other because I don't know so I wonder like what questions like, is this just, like, I answered one thing one way, you answered it the other way, and then, like, yeah, bam, probably. different types? Um, so my type 3 achiever says, energetic, optimistic, self-assured, and goal-oriented. Do you think, like, I feel like overall that describes both of us, do you, but do you think it describes me more than you? I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's like, well, I think these are good traits. I would like to think that I'm also, like, these good traits. Do you think they have any overlap of, like, um, energetic, optimistic. They probably use different keywords for different types. All right, so let's start with type one, the reformer. That's what we thought was, 
that was the one we were predicting as our strongest one. It very well could be, or maybe it's not. We don't know. And what we have with the different results is that you, it says stuff about how to get along with me, what I like about being a one, and then what's hard about being a one. Ooh, let's start with that. I like that. It I like includes that in it, so let's do that. I like the negativity of it. Oh, it's just like, <laughs> that's what we do on the podcast is like pros and cons. All right, so what's hard about being a one? Being disappointed with myself or others when my expectations are not met. 100%. Um, I think we both set expectations really high for ourselves. Like, I'm and not- I know, like, the thing is, is that I know that this is a negative thing. I'm, like, the annoying person that if I get, like, less than 100% on an exam, I'm like, oh. Especially like, if it's, like, right under 100, I'm just like, oh, I was so close, like, one question away or something. It's like it really takes away, having that mindset really takes away from just, like, the fact that, like, you did well mm-hmm. in any aspect or, you know, or sometimes I feel like the goals that we set might be too high, so it's unrealistic to necessarily think you'll meet that goal. So when you end up just short, even though it was, like, you did Still well, good. you did, like, it's not reasonable to get 100% on every single exam. Like, that's just not likely. And so getting above a 90%, like, anything above a 90 is great, especially in college. But, like, for us, we definitely don't always pride ourselves in, like, not that we're upset that we did, like, a 90% or above. Like, that's great, and we know that. But I feel like the first feeling we have when we see that score is, like, uh, how close was I to, like, getting 100? Or, like, how far was I? Like, my first instinct is, like, uh, get kind of disappointed before I have to, like, rebuild myself back up to be like that is a good number Mm -hmm. so it's kind of not like a great thing and it's definitely like I know that it's something that in the long run is not good for me more stress on me than it's necessary because I know that it really like won't matter Mm -hmm. that I didn't get 100% yeah all right next one is feeling burdened by too much responsibility I don't necessarily know if I feel like that relates to this like, I guess, I feel like, especially in our case, we are the ones that put the responsibility on ourselves. So, whether that's with, like, YouTube being a responsibility, this podcast, I don't necessarily feel like I have too much responsibility. Sometimes I definitely go back and forth with, like, what my priorities are, but I don't feel like I get too worked up about, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I make a to-do list with everything I need to do, and then I, like, rarely ever get it done, so, like... I guess I feel overburdened in that sense where I'm like, I can't get everything done that needs to get done. And like, these are things that I have to get done. Yeah, I guess I would agree with that. Especially like lately, this summer class has just taken a lot <laughs> out of me, guys. Um, um, on top of like this podcast, recording videos, editing videos, it's a lot. All right, next thing that it says is thinking that what I do is never good enough. I actually don't feel like I think that way. I feel like it's hard for me to answer that because in some ways I feel like that's true in some ways I feel like it's not true because there are moments there's moments when like I know that I'm doing things well or like I'm kind of like I'm doing like quote-unquote like what would you call like a stereotypical like good student like she's got everything made you know like I guess in that sense of like I don't really have that many problems in life so like in that sense I know that, like, things are good enough, but then, like, going back to, like, the first characteristic, it's, like, nothing's ever good enough for me, you know? So. Um, I feel like the thing I relate most closely to this is YouTube and just, like, I don't know, sometimes you have, like, a really good video idea and for once you finally feel like, okay, this has got to work out, but then the YouTube algorithm, I literally don't understand how it works anymore and I know part of it is not to be blamed on the YouTube algorithm, like, people are going to want 
people are going to watch what they want to watch and not watch what they don't want to. But when we have like a video idea that I feel like there's no way it will do poorly and then it just like completely like goes way under my expectations of like what I was expecting. I guess in that sense, I'm kind of feel like, you know, we tried really hard. We had a good idea, at least so I thought. And then I'm like, how am I supposed to like if that didn't work, then now what am I supposed to do now? I guess in that sense, I sometimes feel like whatever we do isn't good enough or like, how can we like, because I feel like it's unrealistic to think our channel is going to get back to the point it was and like 2017, like that was, we were doing it great in 2017. If you don't watch our channel, then I guess you could go check it out or not. But we were doing it really well. That was like our best, our peak of our YouTube channel. And as a creator and someone who really, we've had different breaks here and there because of um, trying to figure things out. But really overall, we've posted consistently for almost eight years and it's hard to have like a peak and then know that you're trying different things you're like trying to get back to where you were like that good and then even when you feel like you're making kind of the same videos at least some of the time as you used to be and even those don't do don't do as well as they used to it really gets to be confusing um not to get super negative but that's the one that I relate most to with that mm-hmm. um the next one is not being appreciated for what I do for people I don't really feel like this is true for me. I feel like that depends more on how you, like, the people you surround yourself and whether or not they show appreciation. Yeah. Like, I feel like whenever I do stuff for other people, I either A, don't think about what I get in return, or B, like, they do, like, give me what I want in return. And most of the time, I don't really want anything in return anyways. Yeah. Like, you just do things because that's nice. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, the next one is obsessing about what I did or what I should do. So kind of, like, living in the past... (laughs) I'm trying to think of, like, specific examples. Do you have any that you can think of? I don't know. I feel like not specific stuff, but, like, with embarrassing stuff that happens, you just, like, think about it in your head, and you're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, Or just, like, if you're presented with two, like, options, and you pick one, and you're like, oh, should I pick the other one? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I can't think of any specific instances that come to mind for me with that, but I don't completely, like, disagree. All right, we have one more thing for the what's hard about being a one category, and it says being tense, anxious, and taking things too seriously. I feel like I can get anxious sometimes, but overall I don't think overall, I, I really have a problem with that. Yeah, overall I don't see myself as an anxious person. Person. <laughs> person. I mean, obviously anxiety in some capacity is like normal. It helps you like kind of along with stress get things done, but I definitely don't think I go overboard. Um, taking things too seriously I would maybe agree with because I think sometimes I am so oriented towards like future goals or whatever. Like I know that I don't live in the moment as much as I should. And I don't know if that relates with being too serious or not, but I feel like it doesn't. <laughs> okay, then what do you think the being too serious means? I think it's or taking talk- things too seriously. I would say it's just like not seeing like the I feel like dad takes things too takes things too seriously where it's just like okay, that's not that big of a deal. Like, that's not going to matter a day from now, like, a week from now. Like, it doesn't matter. That kind do you of think thing. we do that, or do you think we don't? I think I don't. I feel like I can't think right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to, do you want to do that for different types, or do you want to stick with being type 1? Let's just kind of stick with type 1. We'll go through stuff, like, a little bit faster. Um, I kind of want to do the how to get along with me. So it says, take your share of the responsibility so I, so I don't end up doing all the work. I would highly agree with yes. that. But, like, who wouldn't agree with that? Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, no, I'd love to do all the work. Some people do. 
So, maybe. Um, acknowledge my achievements. I hate to sound conceited, but I do love when someone compliments me on, like, something that I did. So, that's true. I agree. I'm hard on myself. Uh, reassure me that I'm fine the way I am. I don't think I'm that hard on myself. I'm pretty happy with who I am. I would disagree oh. <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> About me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Why? Um, for an example. <laughs> God, I'm scared. <laughs> you know you'll do it. Like, you know you do it, so it's fine. Maybe you don't consider that being hard on yourself. But, um, for our class that oh. we're in, <laughs> for the class that we're in, <laughs> we have a daily... Yeah, okay, daily. I, we <laughs> track my statement. <laughs> we have weekly... Equi- <laughs> I need to say this without laughing. We have weekly co- weekly <laughs> quizzes. They are 10 points each. <laughs> Basically, Sierra got an 8 out of 10 on one of them and, like, a 9 out of 10 on the other one. And I, like, up until that point, I had gotten 10s on all of them. So she was just, like, way, like, freaking out. At one point, like, after it, she was so stressed out and like you could tell that she was just annoyed like I could just tell and she was trying to figure out what grades I have to get on everything else in the class so that I do well and so I was like man like I didn't know that it really dropped her grade down that much so I was like Sierra what percentage do you have in the class right now she goes 98 (laughs) percent and I it's Sierra kind of tends to do that a little bit I think (laughs) okay I didn't think about it I was thinking of it more as like a I'm hard on myself like I don't know, physically or something? I don't know. Like, people get, like, down, like, the way they look or something. And I don't need, like, reassurance that I'm fine in that sense. Um, so, I would say, I won't say I disagree with that one. I would probably am also a little hard on myself. That was just my specific example for Sierra. (laughs) If you have any examples you want to share with me, then go ahead. But I would agree that I don't feel like I need reassurance from other people. I feel like I'm, like, the only one. I'm plenty hard on myself. I'm, like, I'm hard on myself. Like, I'm my own biggest critic. Maybe that goes, like, along with it. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I always just tell myself I need to, like, be easier on myself rather than, like, get reassurance from other people. Yeah. Like, I'll, at first I'll be, like, super hard on myself, and then at the same time I it's like sour will always, like, it's like, take a step sour, back. then you're sweet. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a step back and be like, okay, realistically speaking, um, I'm fine, we're all fine. <laughs> That's what Sierra's doing I when she, like, always... goes and finds her, like, new grades. She's like, it's okay, yeah. we're fine, I'm fine. Exactly. Not a big deal. I do that all the time. Um, so, yeah, I guess I agree with that. Next one is, tell me that you value my advice. I would actually, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would. <laughs> that was one of, like, the reasons we wanted to start this podcast. Um, or we did a whole advice episode. I was like, I'm going to tell you how it is. And so, wow, that's kind of a weirdly specific one. Because I always say I think I'm good at giving advice. So, so if you don't if take you it, want to get along with us, I then get kind of offended. Tell me that my advice is good. So that's weirdly specific, but also accurate. Next one is, be fair and considerate as I am. Sure, Would I feel no like one, everyone yeah. should be, you know? Um, apologize if you have been unthoughtful. It will help me to forgive. What? Wait, if if you have been unthoughtful. Just, like, people, oh. you expect apologies from people. Um, I think yes and no. If someone does something, like, really big, then I expect an apology. But, like, for small stuff, I don't. I mean, I would say I do definitely appreciate apologies when... I feel like they're necessary when, or when it, people yeah. definitely know I'm upset about something, but at the same time, like, an apology isn't always going to, like, be like an automatic anything. forgiveness, I guess, at least in my opinion. Um, I think no matter what, I would need, like, time to just, like, sort through it, think about it myself, and, like, an apology is not just, like, a, okay, you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. 
Last one is uh, gently encourage me to lighten up and to laugh at myself when I get uptight, uh, but hear my worries first. I feel like that's kind of true, like relating back to the yeah, whole example that you gave about um, me. Do you think, because I would personally say I think that you're a little more high strung grade wise <laughs> than I am. And does it bother yeah, you? Because you always do better than I by, do. By like you guys, by like one point, maybe two points. But it's always. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get like, <laughs> we're going to start fighting on here. Um, no, okay, in that really. situation, what do you think is the best thing for me to do? Like, just ignore you and, like, let you have your, like, well, time? Well, there's two sides, because I don't want you to bother me, but then I get annoyed when you don't do anything. <laughs> I'm just like... Well, I know, so what do you want me to do? I don't know. Because what I, I, what I feel like I usually do is, like, try to be reassuring, but you also... You try first, and then I get... I'm still annoyed, and then yeah. you just stop. And then yes. I get more mad. <laughs> you already, see, you already know how the cycle goes. <laughs> I know. This just happened. <laughs> it literally just happened, so it's fresh in our minds. Um... I don't know. I know it's my fault, but I feel like you mostly just, I give you time and you end up being like later, like you're fine. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll just stick with doing what we do. And then I'll just still Next time you. this happens, I'm going to be like, Sierra, it's happening. <laughs> okay. So the last thing for the one category is what I like about being a one. So here we go. First one is being self-disciplined and able to accomplish a great deal. I feel like I'm pretty self-disciplined. Like I can set up my own schedule, I make a lot of to-do lists, and I don't need other people to tell me to do stuff. I agree with that, and for the most part, I would also say that I like that about being a one. Mm-hmm. Next one is working hard to make the world a better place. Um, I don't do much I don't to personally make relate the world to this one. a better place. I could be an advocate for some sort of thing, but I'm not, so yeah. Yeah, I don't... Mm, I don't know. Like, maybe people are kind enough to say that our videos like make the world a better place, but I think that's kind of a stretch. Kind of a reach. All right. The next one is having high standards and ethics, not compromising myself. I would say that's true. I always try and keep my integrity. Be- oh, I didn't even say a word. <laughs> keep my integrity about me. I feel like I also, do you think this is talking about just you yourself, like you have high standards for yourself, or do you think it starts to also talk about you have, well, no, it's what I like about being a one, yeah. so I'd assume it's talking about myself. Okay, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I feel like that was kind of already said with being self-disciplined, but... I mean, I feel like this, like, for us specifically, like, we are presented with, like, a lot of sponsorship opportunities. Some yeah. are good and some are bad. But definitely, um, like, I mean, we get presented with, like, more products than, like, I literally just don't know what they are or whatever, so I'm like, I'm not going to promote that. But I yeah. feel like most YouTubers are like that anyways, so I'm not saying that's I'm not like, trying to like put myself on a high horse here. So. Um, but yeah, just trying to stick with sponsorships, at least specifically for us. That's kind of an example of that one. Next one is being reasonable, responsible, and dedicated in everything I do. I feel like that's true, but I feel like that's covered in like everything we've talked about already. Yeah. Next we have being able to put facts together, coming to good understandings, and figuring out wise solutions. I feel like even more so in college, like the amount of information you get presented with and like it's honestly driven this thing that I didn't even know I cared that much about with, like, wanting to actually, like, know facts and, like, not just random stuff, especially, like, when it comes to an argument. Like, I've become more driven to look at different research stuff and blah, blah, blah. So in that sense, I feel like that relates to me, and I feel like if you have facts, you can't really disprove them, so. Mm-hmm. And the last one is being the best I can be and bringing out the best in other people. I mean, I try. Does not everyone want to try and do that? You just sound like Yoda. Does not everyone want to? <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch Star Wars, but... 
Do you know how he talks? Bar- no, not really. He, like, switches the words around. All right, so let's go to the loyalists. That's, again, another type that we both had. So, loyalists are responsible, trustworthy, and value loyalty to family, friends, groups, and causes. Their personalities range broadly from reserved and timid to outspoken and confrontative. That, first of all, is false. I'm not confrontational. It says it ranges. When do we range to being... I thought they were talking about, like, the people in this category. Their personalities can range from reserved. I thought it was saying us specifically will range from being reserved and timid to also outspoken. I don't know. There's a point of miscommunication here. So we aren't fully sure what that's talking about, but I would agree with probably more so the... Well, I don't like describing myself as timid. I don't feel like that <laughs> describes me. I feel like reserved is fine, though. Yeah, all right. We'll, guess, we'll just start with um, the what's hard about being a six. So, first one is the constant push and pull involved in trying to make up my mind. I feel like that probably, like, that was something that during questions when I was like, do you make a con- decision fast or do you, like, weigh your options? I was like, I weigh my options mm-hmm. more. I did that, too. So, I would say that we both agree with that one. The next one is procrastinating because of fear of failure, having little confidence in myself. I, I don't literally don't that. procrastinate. Yeah. I don't procrastinate either. Like literally hardly ever. So I feel like that one doesn't really apply to us. Next one is fearing being abandoned or taken advantage of. No. I wouldn't say so either. Or some people some people will ask like if you have like a large following let's say do you think people take advantage of you or blah blah i haven't had any personal experiences with that so no next one is i'm losing where we're at exhausting myself by worrying and scanning for danger i mean i don't know okay i would say i exhaust myself funny story me and sierra i guess are both like this but i'll just kind of share from my perspective um so growing up maybe other people grew up like this too but i feel like our mom and like she really liked watching crime shows and for some reason i feel like when we were younger i swear everyone was getting kidnapped even though i think no one was getting kidnapped mostly in my opinion it's grandma that did this to us (laughs) um we had a very unrealistic fear of being kidnapped where to the point like i would be walking outside like in a very safe neighborhood and i would be scanning for if a car drives by and someone comes out to get me i'm gonna run in this direction like to that extent and it wasn't really so much like I was constantly fearful. I was just like always planning, game you know? planning and like being prepared, which isn't a bad thing. I just feel like that's not something a normal eight-year-old does. But I feel like our grandma, she was just really trying to... Uh, I feel like our grandma was saying like every other week, like, yeah, there was someone like some guy some, tried to like pick a kid up or something. I feel I like was, that doesn't like, happen anymore, but like 10 years ago. There was a house and she's like, yeah, someone almost got kidnapped at that park by my house. And I was like, okay, I guess we're never playing there again. So just... In that sense, that does apply. <laughs> the next one that's that it says it's hard about being a six is exhausting myself by worrying. All right, we just read that. Sorry, Zira. She was like just making fun of me for not being able to read this. <laughs> um, wishing I had a rule book at work so I could do everything right. No, what? I don't even understand what that's saying. Like, I guess I understand what it's saying, but I don't agree with that. I don't constantly worry that I'm messing things up. Yeah. Um, next one. I guess. When we worked at um, our grandparents' tow company, we did stuff that I was always thinking we did stuff wrong. But or when I was volunteering at the hospital, oh my god! First of all, I'm I hate answering phones. I think like that was just like the worst part. I had two phones <clears throat> that I was in charge of, 
and it was like the hospital phone and like I was sitting in the nurse's station like there were actual actual <laughs> phone calls like from random people like calling to like see like like it was a real my hospital in like the my mom's in this room like <clears throat> can I come see her and I'm like I don't know they literally <laughs> didn't tell me anything about like what to say and then there was also like the patient phone call but that one was easy because it was usually like I just sent a nurse to the room but like when people would call I'd be like um can you hold one second and then I'd hang up and I'd be like there was like someone above me when I was volunteering so I'd like I'd get them and be like can you answer their question like no one told me what to do so in that sense I wish there was a rule book because it was very not clearly explained all right there's one more thing for the what's hard about being a six and that is being too critical of myself when I haven't lived up to my expectations I feel like that was covered in the type one, one. yeah yeah all right moving on to how to get along with me. I you said that. How so. to get along with the six is what I was going to say, but okay. So the first one is to be direct and clear. I mean, I always appreciate Honestly, that. Honestly, I feel like we even struggle with doing this though sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes I'm not very good at communicating. So I can't be fully, like, obviously I'd get along with you better if you did that, but I can't. Wouldn't most people? Exactly. <laughs> That's so. like private stuff. I'm just like, wouldn't everyone want that? But maybe other people are like, I don't really care. Yeah. It's just our personality. <laughs> um, next one is listen to me carefully. Um, I feel like I've gotten kind of, like, annoying about this, because, like, when people interrupt me now, I'm just like, excuse me, I was talking. This is bad, because... We interrupt each other, and I interrupt people sometimes, too, so I, like, can... I can't take it, but I can, like, dish it out, you know? Yeah. What's hard is... And maybe you guys have noticed this, because you're the one listening to the podcast, but me and Sierra... And sometimes it's, like, too much, and I understand that, and Sierra will sometimes also be like, okay, hey, I was talking. Yeah. That probably happens more so than me being like, okay, Sierra, I was talking. But you interrupt Um, me more than I I know, that's why I was saying that. Um, but at the same time, to a certain extent, I feel like interrupting each other is normal to carry on a conversation mm-hmm. and just make sure that you're like, not like one person talks all the way and then break. And then I think next person talks all the way. What's difficult is that like you naturally, like when someone's talking to you, you have things like burst into your head that you like want to say and you like blurt out without yeah. even thinking. Um, but obviously if you do want to listen carefully. And it's annoying then- to like hold your finger up just to be like. I have a thought. I know. We sometimes do that on the podcast, though, just to, like, make sure that stop talking if you're talking and we don't interrupt each other. Next thing is work things through with me. Sure. Like, (laughs) would you rather deal with it or let it go? And I would say probably I'd rather just work through it. Yeah. Reassure me that everything is okay between us. Would, like, would something have to be wrong first? Or do you just need reassurance that everything's okay? I feel like sometimes people need reassurance to be like I'm not annoying you right I'm not you know but I feel like depending on the people you surround yourself with like I know I don't picture anyone that I currently find myself like surrounded by to give off a vibe that like I would need clarification I don't fully like maybe I just don't feel like I fully relate to this one I don't really know I can't think of a situation where this would be necessary so I'll just leave it at that all right next one is laugh and make jokes with me who who does no one not want to do that like no I hate jokes shut up jokes (laughs) Um, yes, I would prefer that someone do that and not be so serious all the time. Gently push me toward new experiences. I, I thought like, you really were literally going to say, like, gently push me. and Gently push me. That's and I'd be awful. like, no, I would get annoyed with that. Um, I think that this one is good because I don't get out of my comfort zone very often. So if someone is, like, pushing me in a way that's not overbearing, then I would appreciate that. Yeah, especially if it was, like, an opportunity to, like, join them in something as well. Mm-hmm. Because I always prefer doing stuff, like, especially new stuff with someone else. Just, like, less stressful for me. Um, And then the last one is try not to overreact to my overreacting. Do I overreact? I'm sure everyone overreacts sometimes. 
But then that's tricky because like I know that'd be like the perfect scenario of like if I overreact, just like don't worry about it. But at the same time, if someone's overreacting, then you like people are going to want to be way. like, hey, like that's not that big of a deal. It's okay. Yeah. So I feel like that's like an unrealistic thing, but I guess like technically it would it's how to get along with me, so sure. Alright, so last thing is what I like about being a six. So first it says being committed and faithful to family and friends. See, that's... Yeah. I guess I, I shouldn't say true, because it's inherently true to a six, but I would agree with that. Next is being responsible and hardworking. Yeah, Again, covered we covered that. that. Next is being compassionate towards others. This is weird because I feel like, I mean, technically it's like I agree with it because it said I'm a six, but I don't feel like I'm always compassionate all the time. Why would you say you're not compassionate like all the time? I feel like I mostly think that in terms of like if someone does something that they maybe know isn't good for them or bad for them, it's hard for me to feel bad for yeah. them. And so that's probably mostly the circumstances that I'm considering. But like if something bad happens to someone, I empathize with them or I feel bad for them. But there's also a lot of situations where they people just like put themselves in, in, in that situation, really regardless of like health related or like socially related or academic related, like there's just situations where I feel like I can't feel bad for you. Like, you could be doing more. So that's where I'm like, I don't know if I'm always compassionate. I don't know if you ever... I feel like I would agree with that in the sense of, like, sometimes I will blame people for, like, the hardships that they're facing if I'm just like, oh, well, you did this, this, and this, and, mm -hmm. like, that's why that's happening in the first place, so don't complain about it. Yeah. Like, kind of, like, sleep in the bed that you yeah. made or whatever. Is that even the right thing? I've never heard of that, but Sierra always knows more sayings than I do, so maybe it is an actual saying. It's probably not that exactly, but it's like you have to, you made your bed so you have to sleep in or something like that. I'm just kind of more of the mindset of you're responsible for most of what happens to you, but obviously like there are situations where you're not, such as like getting sick or like having a family member get sick, just stuff like that where obviously life happens, but that's not the case every time. So I think now we're going to kind of shift from, we just talked about Pretty much everything that was on the short test with describing the different types. I think that we only stuck to the ones that we had in common, but if we do this for everything, it's going to get way too long. Yeah. So we're going to start talking about how we can foresee ourselves using our Enneagram results. And I'm going to be honest, I don't really see myself like utilizing this in the future. I feel like it's hard because I really do value being self-aware. I think that is a really important tool. But I don't understand, like, I guess I don't see myself constantly being like, I'm a type 1, 6, or 5, I think is what I was. That's what I was, so that's not what you one, were. 1, 6, 3. I think that's what I was. I just don't see myself saying, this is the type of person that I am, so I have to, like, refer back to, like, what mm -hmm. does that mean? I feel like, you sure, take this test and become more self-aware of what this objective test is saying about you and how you think, but also, it's not very user-friendly to just... I don't know if that's the right word, but it's not very applicable to just be like, here's how I'm going to run my life now based off of these numbers. I think that it would require a lot of practice if you wanted to actually like uh, use this information in your daily life to say like if you have some sort of communication breakdown between you and this person, say, okay, like why did this happen? happen? I'm a one, they're a five, you know, what is the issue between those? I think it would, one, you wouldn't be able to do that in real time. Yeah. Unless you had the whole like thing you have memorized. To, yeah, exactly. Which, if you like researching this kind of stuff, I feel like the more you learn about it, the more you know about it, then the easier that probably gets to do mm -hmm. just, like, it's probably on like the fly. probably like horoscopes. 
Yeah. They're like, oh, you're a Scorpio and I'm a Sagittarius. Like, we won't get along. I actually have no idea if that's true. Speaking of horoscopes, I feel like that is almost one of the more closely related things to this, but in terms of what one I feel like is more applicable or just like should be used more, I probably would say the Enneagram test because that's actually based off of your personality and not like the month that you were born. <laughs> so I feel like it has a little more science behind it. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious. I wonder if you could correlate like the horoscopes to different personality types from the Enneagram test. Like that would be interesting to see if you know, okay, like supposedly all these Virgos have the, like these traits. So would there? So take a bunch test. of Virgos, make them take the. You could do like a personality legit test. experiment on that. Oh, I just came up with like my own research article or something. Because um, okay, me and Sierra always find the horoscope stuff weird because you're saying that literally everyone born within this time span acts the exact same way. That doesn't make any sense. Like that just doesn't make sense to us. I know we talked about in a video one time on our channel. We were interested in seeing what a Virgo was, and I've looked up what a Virgo was before, so I already, like, kind of knew that we did match the definition, but, like, there's got to be people that were born in August that are, like, the exact opposite of us, so then does their horoscope just not work, or what? So, when we were actually, like, before starting this podcast, we did a couple of practice episodes, and we actually did, like, pretty much, not an entire episode based off of horoscopes, but we talked about a lot of stuff that we didn't agree was, like, real, the stuff we're like not sure if we believe in. Yeah. So let us know if you want us to do that part that, two and actually like, release it. It would be better this time because our first one was rough. That's why it's not an actual episode. Um, but one of the things that we don't really believe in are horoscopes, which we just kind of said that we don't believe in. Um, do you think I'm, that's an unpopular opinion? Like, I, I genuinely, don't I don't know if more people do or don't believe horoscopes. I would assume more people don't. But I've never actually looked that up, so I'm not sure. I'm curious, like, how they even started. Like, who decided, you know, everyone that I've met that's born in April is just Like, this where kind did of the correlation come from? Probably, like, ancient Greece or something is, like, when they did it. When we do an episode on things we don't like, we will look more into who started horoscopes, why they exist, and we should look at how many people believe in them. I also just think that the reason that they're still a thing and people continue to use them is, A, sometimes they are... Like, they're bound to be right for some people. Like, that's ours, our kind of, like, ours are kind of correctly. I don't, that, they're kind of, like, actually, they do describe us a little bit. <laughs> I don't even know, like, the words I just said. Um, Anyways. I agree. I feel like at the same time, though, like, by making them so generic, except for, like, sometimes when they're really not, and then they end up not really applying to you, and you're just like, okay, whatever. I'll disregard this one. It's like the phenoma, phenomenon when it's, like, when they're right, it's like, oh my god. But when they're wrong, you don't even yeah. think about it. It's like, when one thing happens... Hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, when one thing happens, you, like, notice it if you, like, always think it happens. But then every time it doesn't happen... You don't think you about don't it. You don't think about it. Even though it probably happened, like... There's, like, probably a word for this, but I don't know what it's called. But, for example, this is, like, kind of not the same thing, but I'll use it as an example because it came to my head. So our older sister, Haley... Anytime she finishes a conversation, hi, Haley, if you're listening, (laughs) she will usually just be like, I don't know. Like, she just, like, says, I don't know, for no reason. She'll just, like, kind of, the conversation dies down, and she's like, I don't know. That probably doesn't make sense, but that's what she does sometimes. And she probably doesn't do it a lot of the time, but every time she does do it, I can't help but notice it. Sierra can't help but notice it. And so that's, like, one of those examples. So then to us, it's like, oh, you always do that, Haley, when in reality, she might not be doing it all of the time. 
Yeah. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if you're listening and that annoys you. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start wrapping up this episode here. Um, Let us know if you guys would actually be interested in listening to us talk about things that we don't believe in or don't think are right, kind of like... Don't like them, just things like that. But on the flip side, let us know if you'd be interested in us doing a podcast kind of based off of stuff that we do like, that we do believe in, or that we like hype up a lot. I'm not even fully sure what that means yet, but I think that we could probably come up with stuff. And then if you are interested in those video ideas, oh my gosh, podcast episode ideas... Um, then you should let us know what one you'd rather have us do first. Would you want to see... Oh, my goodness. I need to stop. Would you like to hear... I have to use, like, different sensations now that I'm on a (laughs) podcast and not a video. Do you want us to talk about things we like first or things we don't like first? We might do a poll on our Instagram, or you could just go comment on the picture that we post about this episode, DM us, whatever works, and that will help us plan our future episodes. Also, make sure that you rate our podcast on iTunes because we love seeing your reviews. It means so much to us. And, like, especially if you were to, like, type out a review, I love reading those. There's not that many right now, but there's a lot of people that are still leaving reviews without writing anything, which is awesome as well. And then also subscribe to our podcast. That's how you get our episodes, like, right as like right as they come out otherwise they can sometimes be delayed by showing up but if you're subscribed they should show up right away when they go live um so yeah we will see you guys next you guys speak to you guys next thursday Bye. bye